Welcome to the Divested Diary. I'm your host, Sharika Soul. Girl, let that ghetto personality go. Welcome to the Divested Diary Podcast. My name is Sharika Soul. I am so happy you are here and we'll discuss Black culture, relationships, Black crime, and a little bit of politics. And look forward to discussing things that need to be discussed, open and honestly without political correctness. All right, let's get started. I'm specifically talking to divestors and Black women, women all over the world, really, doesn't really matter what race you are, but for Black women tuning in that want to understand divestment, let me just say this. Let that ghetto personality go. And I really, really mean that. I do not mean that as a trope. I mean this for your mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Ebonics comes from slavery. It was a form of slave speech broken down African language into English. Right? Something the slaves wanted so bad. They wanted to be able to read and they wanted to be able to write. They weren't asking white people to teach them how to write African words. They were asking them to teach them how to write English words. Read English words. So they could speak English language because they wanted to integrate in society and be equal. I'm not saying that Ebonics is demonic. I'm not even saying that it's something that's horrible in the Black community. Personally, I don't speak in Ebonics because it's not natural to me. My adoption kind of stripped that away from me. I learned how to pronounce words through my adopted mother and my father, who, you know, coincidentally taught English to children in Africa. And so he and my white mother were very pro speak proper English. And so back to what I was saying about the slaves, the reality of our history, whenever black people are like, you need to read a history book when they think I'm being all anti-black. They wanted to speak English. They did not want to speak Ebonics. That was not the plan, okay? There was no plan to teach our children to pronounce and spell words wrong on purpose and not realize that you basically set your children up to work in an Amazon factory type jobs, a gas station. Jobs that don't go far. There comes a time in a person's career when they get to a certain age where McDonald's shift money isn't cutting it. You need something else. Your brain needs a different type of stimuli. You're not moved by 21-year-old conversations with your coworkers. You're a 35-year-old woman now. You want to have conversations that interest somebody your age. And you cannot get that 
working jobs where 16-year-olds work. And unfortunately, when you have a really bad grasp of the English language and you were born in America, I'm not talking about people that come here from other countries and learn English. I think that's amazing because, wow, they can speak two languages, right? I'm talking about people born in America, the ghettos, Black ghetto people who speak broken English, even though they've lived in America their entire life. You're not going to appreciate that your parents did not, or nobody told you that getting a grasp of the English language and pronunciation is really important if you want to go as far as you want to go. And you want to walk through doors and be treated a certain way. Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, there aren't jerks out there who are going to treat you like crap no matter what you do, no matter how nice you are, no matter how well you enunciate. Of course, there's always going to be jerks. But the reality is the Black people that have figured out that when everybody can understand you and you are a good communicator, it equals a larger paycheck. They figured it out. And for some reason, the ghettos don't understand and think we're uppity, but I would rather make money with integrity than put myself in a box where I can only work in a call center or a gas station or something like that And I can't move forward. And it comes down to that ghetto personality, those Ebonics, the tone in which we speak, and how we choose to deliver words. The ghetto-ness is entertaining, right? Like, it's so entertaining to watch, like, ghetto comedy skits. Like, come on, even I love looking at stuff like Dave Chappelle skits, whatever. Like, there's an aspect of ghetto-ness that is really entertaining. But let's be real. It only works for certain people in very niche settings. Unless you're going to be a rapper for the rest of your life, and I mean like a 60-year-old rapper, you can never, ever give it up. That ghetto personality is not going to work. I'm pretty sure people like Ice Cube and 2 Chains, well, maybe not 2 Chains, but Ice Cube, now that he has, you know, he's kind of crossed over into a political world, I really think that there's a part of him, he's probably never going to admit this because he's a black man, but there's probably a part of him that wishes that he was a little bit more educated when it came to vocabulary, surrounding political things, etc. Because he probably would have gotten a lot farther than where he did with Trump. You know, he was basically given the door, given a suite, given a room in the White House. Well, not literally, but you know what I mean. And nothing came of it. And you know why nothing really came of it? Because he doesn't know how to talk to those people. He He's not used to those conversations. He's a rapper who turned into an actor because a manager, an agent, 
and a company put him there. So he's probably had a white person or somebody else that is very well-spoken, a publicist, handling a lot of that stuff for him. So at the end of the day, a grasp of the English language is important. That ghetto personality, that ghetto mindset, it literally puts you in a tunnel vision as a Black person to only say and take part in certain conversations that palatable to speaking Ebonics or with that type of mindset. You know, Ice Cube can go to the office of BET or any Black barbershop or anything that has to do with hip-hop and be the man of the hour. And those conversations are going to flourish because that is the root of the conversation. He, he can do that. But does he have the vocabulary to talk about laws and policy? Does he have the insight that somebody who's around legal speak all the time, somebody who's works with lobbyists all the time, somebody who is really tuned into the laws and how laws work and how government works, right? If he if he's not regularly around those people and exposed to that dialogue, no, the crossover isn't easy. It's just a rapper saying, hey, I like Trump. Hey, I'll do this interview. But that's why you never see anything come of it. Because he doesn't know how to have the conversations. The vocabulary isn't there. And he's not going to come out and say, stop being ghetto. Being ghetto made him a very rich, comfortable man. You know, he's got a nice house in California and a gated community with his lovely wife. Which is my point. You, my friend, are not a black man. You are a black woman. You are a woman. And... Unless you're going to be a niche rapper like Suki Hana, when you get to the age of 45, that ghetto personality is not going to work well. And when I say that, I say think about life outside of your modeling career aspirations, outside of even your acting career aspirations. Because one day you will be 55 years old and your looks won't be there and you will have to perform based on merit. How will you speak? How will you dress? Your personality, etc. It's you know, it's cute to be a rapper when you're in your 20s, early 20s, teens. That works in some settings. But nobody takes a 55-year-old man or woman with a ghetto personality and a ghetto attire seriously at least not to like give them the keys to an executive position, right? You're not going to be hired in the executive office for Verizon. They make a lot of money, by the way. So yeah, girl, friends, ladies, people, consider what I've said. It is for your well-being. It is for your future. It is for the 55-year-old version of you. And that's who matters the most. In an effort to spread encouragement and in an effort to open doors to resources for women like myself, I would like to start an org for women's rights. Black women are still women, but are often attached to black men's rights. And that is not right. 
we need to support women and children first. 70% of Black women are single mothers and two-thirds of the Black family home. The financial provider is the Black woman. If we build women up with simple things like cars or college books, we can change a struggle into a testimony. I did, and so can millions of women and men searching for a little hand up, not a handout. Please visit divesteddiary.com for more information and to donate. And it's actually a shame that Black culture shies away from this conversation and it has kind of done gymnastics to avoid this. And when I say gymnastics, I mean it gone as far as labeling Ebonics uh, a real, authentic African-American language. I'm sorry. I get it to an extent, but we need to let it go. It is not authentic in, in the 2023 Every Black child is exposed to proper English. I'm pretty sure Nickelodeon doesn't have people speaking hardcore Ebonics on there. And I don't think Coco Melon speaks in a ghetto accent either. So there's no excuse anymore. And it isn't going to work well for your children or for yourself, as I said. I don't think anybody should support this ghetto personality and keep coddling it the way that it's been coddled. You didn't get hired, not because you're black. They don't want ghetto people of any race in certain offices. Even if you're white, they don't want the ghetto white guy in there either, right? But... Don't make life harder on yourself than it has to be. Somebody needs to tell Black women, if you stop being ghetto, life would get a little easier. Especially if you're over the age of 30. It will get a lot easier. And nobody's telling you that. But that's where the rejection is actually coming from because... That personality, as I said, only works in niche settings, comedy skits. That's why you see black men put on wigs and act ghetto, and they do really well. They gain millions of followers because it's niche. It's a joke. And you've taken it on as your real-life personality and who you are. Let's do better. Let's reach for higher. We're capable of more. And it's okay to be smart. It's okay to sound smart. And that's where it really comes from. The whole idea that the nerdy black kid isn't black enough. You know, oh, you're not really black. There's something wrong with you. You're an abnormal black because you don't, you don't talk black enough. And so people are so afraid of this judgment and the black community that they've, they've literally decided to just be dumb. Like it's just so much easier to just be ghetto and entertaining than to, let myself read and explore my mind and my thoughts and be philosophical. And so to summarize it all, it's time to let that ghetto personality go, especially if you're a black woman, especially if you're a woman, because it's not 
good for you in the long run, in the grand picture of who you are and where you want to be. And it comes from toxic Black culture, specifically Black male culture. They put that on us. That is their expectation of us. That is not what Harriet Tubman's vision was for the Black woman. Episodes will air weekly, and you can find me where you listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, on my website at divestedDiary.com or my favorite social media app, X, at SharikaSoul84. 